What's going on, man? This is NBS Central, and I'm lo very excited. Looking forward to tonight's show. As you know, I'm dressed for the occasion tonight. This is <clears throat> the first ever NBS Awards. We'll be giving out the awards in college football. We'll be giving awards in sports in general, as far as the best athlete, the best female athlete, the best team. Um, and we get, we're giving the awards on in battle rap also, man. So my partner from MBS, let's talk about Truex, the sports junkie. He will be joining us later um but i do got my, i do got my guy right now the host of mbs bragging rights i'll let him introduce himself what's going on everybody i'm back gold and blue dude and yes i do bragging rights the holidays you know it gets your schedule kind of mixed up but we're going to be back tomorrow <laughs> with another show and the week after that and the week after that yeah, man. So um, we're, we're going to be talking about, a lot about um, <clears throat> uh, college football. Uh, uh, Golden Blue Dude, he's going to be giving his awards out. True will be with us shortly. Obviously, you know, we were planning to have the whole team on the show. My thoughts and prayers to Justin and Jasper right now. I hope, um, you know, uh, I wish them the best, a full recovery. Uh, my thoughts and prayers out to their family also. But with that being said, the show must go on. So, you know, me and Golden Blue Dude will be holding the fort down. Uh, like I said, True X will be with us very shortly. But with that being said, um, Golden Blue Dude, he's going to be talking about some college football right now what's going on man a lot's going on man college football <laughs> you know, 2020 has been crazy we all know that well the college football season is not going quietly it's been a crazy 24 hours i mean we know the whole season's been crazy but it's been a crazy 24 hours um we know about the coastal carolina liberty bowl uh they played each other in the Cure Bowl. It's not the Liberty Bowl. It's Coastal Carolina versus Liberty in the Cure Bowl. And I had the upset pick. I picked Liberty. I, I, I thought for Coastal Carolina that they were not comfortable being the favorite because they were the favorite in that game. I thought it was too long of a layoff because they didn't get to play their conference championship. And Liberty's a good team, you know. And I thought it was too much pressure on Coastal Carolina to be the first ever Sunbelt team to finish the entire season, including a bowl, undefeated. That's never happened. Coastal Carolina would have been the first, and I just thought it was too much pressure. But they almost pulled it out because Liberty literally tried to give that game away. The Duke, if you go back and watch that play, the last play of the fourth quarter, the running back for Liberty, he was crossing the goal line. He panicked because his coach told him, do not score. He saw himself scoring. What did he do? He literally turns around and lays the ball 
behind the goal line. I didn't know if he was expecting one of his teammates to pick it up or if the refs would say it was a dead ball. But that's exactly what he did. And so Liberty did not score. They turned the ball over. It goes into overtime. Liberty kicks a field goal. And then they block Coastal Carolina's field goal. So that was a crazy game. Then we had the Cheez-It Bowl between number 18, Miami, and number 21, Oklahoma State. De'Aaron King goes out with a knee injury. That was, uh, you know, I hate to see that, especially to him. And especially after he uh, gave the Canes Nation something to look forward to next year. And then he injures his knee. That's, that's you know, heart breaks for the, for the dude because he made a great decision for Miami. But they still played a great game. But in my opinion, whenever I watched that game, the refs took the spotlight. They were, they were throwing flags left and right. It was unbelievable. Tylon Wallace, the wide receiver for Oklahoma State, decides to not play in the second half. He doesn't want to risk injury. And then earlier today, the coaches for Oklahoma State said, no, 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 that was us protecting Tylon Wallace. It's whatever. Miami loses by three points. But in my opinion, the refs really, really influenced that game. They threw way too many flags on Miami's defense, especially their cornerback, Couch. I think they threw like four flags. And if you go back and watch one of those flags, the ball was tipped. That's not interference. The other flag, the ball was uncatchable. That's not interference. So that goes to what one of my ideas is. Give the coaches one challenge per half for penalty flags. Even if they're rarely used, at least the officials know, hey, I got to be on my A game. And if they do mess up, it can be corrected. They keep proving it every game. Then today, a crazy game. Wake Forest versus Wisconsin. Why was this game so crazy? Well, it was because Wisconsin only had 233 offensive yards. Wake Forest had over 500. In my mind, that says Wake Forest wins by a blowout. No. Wisconsin wins by two touchdowns. Why? Because the quarterback for Wake Forest threw four interceptions. So Wake Forest almost triple outgained Wisconsin and still loses by two touchdowns. A lot of crazy things. Then the game that's going on right now, Florida versus Oklahoma. And people are like, why is Florida sucking right now? Which I don't know the latest score, but the last time I checked, it was uh, Oklahoma by two touchdowns, I believe. Florida tried to come back there for a minute, but Oklahoma extended. Well, here's the reason. Florida is missing four, not one, not two, not three, four of their top pass catchers. So the fact that Kyle Trask is even playing tonight tells me he's a team player and he's a winner and he wants to win. And chemistry is very important. He's already thrown three interceptions. The last count I've seen, I don't know if he's thrown more, but a lot of that is because his four top pass catchers are not there. And so I believe there's the chemistry's off and maybe the route running is not crisp, but Kyle Trask is getting a lot of crap thrown on him right now. I'm, I'm very active on social media, Facebook, all that stuff. And trust me, he is getting trashed. What do you think, bud? Uh, <clears throat> I, I thought Florida will come out here guns blazing in this game. Um, especially against Oklahoma, because Oklahoma do not get the best of luck when it when it comes to bowl season going against an SEC team. Yep, I think they're zero and three. Um, 
against SEC teams. And Oklahoma's jumped jumped on them really early. Tra- Kyle Trask was throwing. Uh, I think he had uh, the uh, in consecutive drives he had he threw uh, interceptions. Yep. Um, Oklahoma's offense, man, they 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 look like they look like they're moving the ball with will. They look like um, they look like Florida can't really do anything about it. And when and when Florida have some type of momentum, Oklahoma just kills it right off the bat. Um, I think they scored a touchdown right before the half ended. And Oklahoma, they they look like they can't be stopped. I I picked Oklahoma to win this game. Mm-hmm. I uh, when I first saw these bowl games, I honestly thought this was one of my favorite matchups to um, to look forward to. And obviously, um, they are getting the best of this team right now, man. And um, um, and I'm very um disappointed in this matchup you know i did i did expected more in this matchup which um it looks like oklahoma has a huge advantage and they're gonna run away with this one. Oh um, yeah i'll totally agree now as far as um as far as um i know you mentioned coastal carolina uh the the bowl game that they played against which was a very very competitive game a game yes. that um a game that I um, the the a game that I paid attention to was um, was um, uh, Louisiana and Texas State. Um, I thought that was a very good game, man. Yes. Um, I thought Texas State was gonna test Louisiana, but uh, Louisiana they they've been looking good, solid all season. Um, this game was it, this game actually kind of came down to the wire. I think this was one of the best games that I've seen so far. I mean, the games last night that I saw with the Texas and Colorado, that one got out of hand. But yeah. uh, this game, this game was a really good competitive game. One of the best games that I've seen so far. We got a lot more games left to play. Um, yep. So I'm de- I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the college bowl season. Oh yeah, and that's uh, the uh, Louisiana UTSA game. That's one of the games I picked as well. And I believe the line whenever it came out was Louisiana was favored. I think by ten or nine and a half. And I took the points because, uh, and I'm I'm going to talk about this guy later. I, the running back for UTSA, he he is a beast. And I, I was sure in my mind that he alone would be able to keep the roadrunners at least within striking distance of Louisiana. Louisiana is a, an impressive team, a very impressive team. They beat Iowa State, and I believe their only loss was to Coastal Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Louisiana is, yes. is the real deal <laughs> this year. And uh, UTSA just has a great, great running back. And I'm going to talk about him here in a little bit. Um, quick question. Um, now, with um, we got, like I said, we got a lot of bowl games left to play. What bowl games left that you see besides? I know the playoffs; they're intriguing matchups. But 
outside of the playoffs, what bowl games are you really um, looking forward to see coming up? Well, the first one that popped up is tonight's. I was really looking forward to Oklahoma and Florida. I thought it was two high-powered offenses. I I picked Oklahoma as well because I thought they had the edge on defense. This was before I knew about the four top pass catchers being out. I still thought Oklahoma had more on defense, and if it came down to a stop, then Oklahoma would win this game because they would be able to stop Florida before Florida could stop Oklahoma. You already know I'm going to mention the Liberty Bowl between West Virginia and Army. This game set up <laughs> very, very nicely because uh, it was West Virginia versus Tennessee, and Army didn't have a ball to go to. They were just – they were left out in the cold. And so Tennessee had to back out due to COVID issues, and West Virginia said, Army, come on, we'll play you. So not only is this going to be a good game, but this this puts West Virginia in a good light. And if, if you don't think that the head coach for West Virginia, Neil Brown, is not going to use that as a recruiting tool, then, then you know, you don't know college football. That's a great recruiting tool. And – Army has this triple option. I looked at their stats. It's it's crazy. They literally, literally have no passing game. Their best quarterback has thrown for like 140 yards the entire season. They run the triple option, and they run it well. They also have a good defense. So when, when you're defending against the triple option, uh, you, you got to look at the different options. That's why they call it a triple option. you got the dive, the sweep, the quarterback keeper, and – some triple option teams will throw it. This one does not. But the big thing that you have to watch out for are those chop blocks because that's what they like to do. They go down, chop you down, and then that's how they determine what option they're going to hit. West Virginia is favored by seven. Um, I think West Virginia is, is going to win by 10 because the defenses are very evenly matched, but West Virginia's offense is a little bit on a, a better level than Army's. Army does not score a lot of points. Um, the one thing I will say is against Army, you do have to make every single possession count because with that triple option, it chews up the clock. You don't have as many um, possessions as you usually would in a, in a normal game. So we got to watch out for that. Make sure we score points on – I mean, I know that's important in every game, but especially against Army, you got to score points on every drive or – you know, fourth quarter, you're, you're looking up three minutes left and you're down a touchdown <laughs> and they have the ball running the clock out. I, I still think West Virginia has the edge in that, though, because the defenses are equal and we can actually throw the ball. I don't think they have a good passing defense. Who does um, who um, does uh, Oregon, who does Oregon play? I, for, I forget that. Uh, I think it's the Fiesta. Oregon, yeah, they play in the Fiesta Bowl against Iowa State. Iowa State. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, I'm really, I'm really interested to see that game because I, Iowa State was on a tremendous hot streak. Then they ran into Oklahoma. It looked like they were going to get blown out, but then they came back, made it a close game, and Oregon went to the Pac-12 championship, and they didn't even win the Pac-12 North. But because Washington couldn't play. They had to insert Oregon. What happens? Oregon upsets USC, but we all knew it was coming because USC throughout the year, they were barely winning, barely winning, having to come back from bad teams. 
And, uh, but Oregon just, they don't have that passing attack that they usually do. So I don't trust Oregon. I think, I think if Oregon can play good defense, it can be close. But other than that, I really don't see much hope for Oregon. I think Iowa State, you know, they were getting blown out by Oklahoma. They recovered nicely. They were on a hot streak. I think they'll carry that into this game. And I think <laughs> Iowa State can – it could resemble the Alamo Bowl where Texas blew out Colorado. I don't think the blowout will be that much, but I do think it will be uh, over by the start of the fourth quarter, I will say. But I'm still interested to see which Oregon shows up because they are a Jekyll and Hyde team this year for sure. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a game that I I I I, I definitely look forward to see. Um, but to me, a game that I do look forward to see that that there's actually two games that I look forward to see. I'm looking forward to see the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl with yep. Georgia versus my favorite team this season. I actually I actually called it in the beginning of the season. I. I said this team was going to have a chance, and I'm talking about Cincinnati. Before mm-hmm. I talk about Cincinnati, man, um, Georgia was struggling early on in the season. As soon as JT Daniels came into play and he was healthy, the team looked better. They went on a three-game run. Their offense improved. But I just thought it was a little bit too late. But as yep. far as Cincinnati goes, man, Cincinnati, this program has won 11 games, two seasons in a row. Wow. Two bowl games over Power 5 teams. Yep. They are unbeaten, conference champions. Um, and, uh, and kudos to Luke Fickle, man, the head coach over there, man. He's doing an amazing job right now. I think next year, hopefully this COVID thing is over. I think uh, we're going to see how dangerous and good of a team Cincinnati really is. But this game is um, um, one that I'm looking forward to. And the one that you mentioned, man, uh, the Fiesta Bowl with um, the Fiesta Bowl with, um, with Iowa State versus Oregon uh you know CJ Verdell he's always dangerous um when it comes to that running game that defense is very stingy but man I like me some Brock Purdy man Iowa State's quarterback man that guy that guy that guy may do some damage I could see this game in a shootout man and I hope it does man when I see Oregon in these bowl games they're always high scoring games, man. So um they come I hope play. I hope we yeah, I hope we get a late Christmas present. So yeah. um, the those are those are the matches that I'm looking forward to see. Obviously, you can't count out the game with Texas A and M. Um Texas A and M versus North Carolina. I think that's gonna be an interesting match. Mac mm-hmm. Brown versus Jimbo Fisher. Kellen Mond, you know what he could do. The quarterback down in North Carolina, I think he's very underrated right now. But those are, those are a few matchups that I'm definitely looking forward to see yeah. um, in the college bowl season. And with that, with that Cincinnati-Georgia game, 
I'm picking Georgia. I think Georgia will win by a field goal or a touchdown, but that does not mean that Cincinnati doesn't belong in the playoffs. They have a good resume, and Georgia is just really, really hot, and JT Daniels looks really, really good. The thing that I'm concerned about, that I'm mad about, actually, is that the playoff committee sent a message this year. If a group of five team was going to get into the playoffs, it was going to be this year as far as the four-team format. Playoff committee sent a very, very clear message. They're not going to get in in this four-team format. They're just not. So here's what needs to happen. One of two things. Number one, the format needs to expand immediately to eight teams, not six, eight. And there needs to be an automatic bid for the highest ranked group of five champion, just one. And then if there's another group, you know, that's a whole different story, but one. Cincinnati would be that one this year. Or if they're not willing to do that, then the group of five needs to branch off, split off, and create their own playoffs and national championship, just like the FCS does. It won't create any type of scheduling issue because FBS still schedules FCS. All that will stay the same, but group of five football teams will actually have a chance to win a national championship because as is, they have no chance. They can't win it at the FCS level. That's a whole different level. And they can't win it with the power fives because the playoff committee says, no, we're not. They, they have this assumption that group of five teams are going to get blown out. Well, guess what? You let Notre Dame in, they've already gotten blown out. If you're going to put somebody in there that's going to get blown out, give somebody else a chance. If Cincinnati gets blown out, they get blown out. At least we haven't seen them in there. At least we haven't seen them get blown out. So I'm really I'm, – I'm just done with it. They need to do one of those two things. The Texas A&M-North Carolina game, uh, with Javante Williams not playing for North Carolina, that kind of puts them one-dimensional. I think that's going to put too much pressure on Sam Howe. He's a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. But when you put that much pressure on – he's a sophomore. You know, he's still really young. It's going to be too much. And Texas A&M does have a pretty decent defense and – they're not. I wouldn't put Texas A&M's offense at the level of, say, Alabama, Clemson, or Florida when they had all their receivers, but I would put them at the second tier, maybe with Ohio State. So I, I think Texas A&M should win this game comfortably over North Carolina because North Carolina is going to be one-dimensional, and North Carolina's defense is not very reliable. It's hit and miss. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, but when it's not, it's not. People forget they got beat by a Terrible Florida State team. They got beat by a terrible Virginia team. Yes, they stomped Miami, but you cannot forget when they're down, they're really down. <laughs> All right, man. All right. With that being said, let's move on over to what we're here for, and this show is called the MBS Awards. Man, I'm, I can't wait, man. So we're going to kick things off with the College Football Awards, man. Oh, yeah. So um, so let's let's kick it off, man. Let's go. What, what, what's our first award that we're giving out? All right, so the first award we're going to go for is going to be the Offensive Player of the Year in College Football. 
And I have four nominees. I want to get your opinion real quick after I give them to you, all right? So here's my four nominees. Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. He's amazing. He's 250 for 327. Okay, that's 76.5%. Over 3,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's only been sacked 10 times, and his QBR is the highest in the nation, 202.3. So there's number one. The second one, Kyle Trask. I know he's not having a good game. I know that, but he's missing a lot, a lot of his weapons, pretty much all of them. On the year, though, 285 for 409, almost 70%, not quite. 43 touchdowns and five interceptions. His QBR is a little bit lower, though, 186.7. The thing you have to look at when you're comparing those two is Caltrask has thrown the ball more. So his yardage is going to be up and his touchdowns are going to be up. So what I look at is the completion percentage in the QBR. Mike Jones higher in both categories. I thought that was interesting. Then we have the the wide receiver for Alabama, Devontae Smith, 98 receptions, over 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. That's pretty good. Then the last one, a lot of people don't know about this guy, but he's the reason why UTSA kept it close against Louisiana. Sincere McCormick, 249 carries, almost 1,500 yards, 1,467 yards altogether. 11 touchdowns, and listen to this very carefully. He averaged 5.9 yards a carry. So basically, you give the ball to this three times, you have a first down, automatic. So uh, out of those four, what's your impression? Um, I'm submitting my vote to Mac Jones, man. I think he's going to win this. Well, hopefully he, he does win this NBS award for college offensive player of the year. I actually have him for Heis, winning Heisman also. Um, when Tua left, everybody thought that, hey, man, they're going to go back to game managing, relying on the defense, run the ball with Najee Harris. But obviously that wasn't the case at all. Jalen Waddle went down. No problem, man. Mac Jones was slinging, gunning this ball down the field, man. And I got Mac Jones to win Offensive Player of the Year. So close, man. So, so close. I have Mac Jones as number two. And the reason I have him as number two, the the reason I have him as number two is he plays for Alabama. He has Devontae Smith. He has a great running game. He has a great defense. So I took the player that if you took this player off this team, they would be nothing. They would not have made a ball. They would not have kept it close against Louisiana. That's right. I'm taking the running back from UTSA, Sincere McCormick, averaging over 5.9 yards of carry and wow. rush for almost 1,500 yards and they didn't play a full season. We're talking about 1,500 yards in a shortened COVID season. Mike Jones will win the Heisman. Listen to what I'm saying. He's going to win the Heisman. But for me, the Offensive Player of the Year, I got to give to Sincere McCormick, man. He's doing all that dirty work. He's doing all that running up the gut outside. 
making them first downs, uh, moving them chains, getting those hard hits, man. He's getting it done. And I guarantee it, UTSA, go look at their passing stats. It's terrible. Without Sincere McCormick, UTSA does not make a ball. All what right, do you think about that Dad. upset? Uh, that was a <laughs> that was a surprise for me, man. But you you know you're the college football guy, so I trust what you say. So um, with that, uh, so um, you know, I congratulations to to the Texas State running back, man. And um, let's move on over and give our next college football award. All right, here we go. We're going with the defensive player of the year, and you're probably not going to know these names because there wasn't really anybody that became a household name on defense. I mean, we had some great defenses as a whole, but when you think of defenses this year, you're like, you know, a name doesn't immediately pop. Now for me, I'm a West Virginia fan, Tony Fields, like, and he really is top 15 in tackles, but he's not quite high enough. So I picked out two. The first one is the linebacker for Georgia state. Okay. Georgia State has a better defense than people realize. He had 57 tackles by himself, 108 altogether. That was number one in the nation. Three and a half sacks, two interceptions, and one pass deflection. My other guy, the defensive back for Arkansas, 51 tackles by himself, 99 altogether. He didn't have any tacks. He doesn't really do that. But he did have three interceptions, two forced fumbles, and he took one of those interceptions to the house. I know you don't really know who I'm talking about, but that is the Arkansas defensive back, Jalen Catalan. So out of those two, Peyton Wilson, the linebacker out of Georgia State, or the, de the, the defensive back, Jalen Catalan out of Arkansas, who would you take? I know you don't really know, but based on what you heard, who would you take? Um, I'm gonna say Jaden Catalan. Um, 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 I I have been able to catch a couple Arkansas games, and I, 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 I seen what the guy was about. So, um, I, I I'm gonna roll with him, <coughs> and I may, <coughs> I may be wrong about this, but um, I think the Arkansas game, the bowl game, is canceled. Yeah. Um, uh, no, yeah, so, um, that sucks for him. I'm pretty sure he wanted to be out the field and show NFL scouts what he could, uh, could be able to do. But that's my guy, man. I'm going with him, defensive player of the year. I like your pick, man. That's who I went with, Jalen Catalan. And it sucks that he didn't play for a team that you know wasn't higher because Arkansas finished three and seven. But if you watch how Arkansas played, they were in every one of their losses. They were a tough loss in the SEC. When a team lined up against Arkansas this year, they were in for a dogfight. And this guy could move on to the NFL and be one of those rare lockdown cornerbacks if that's the position they decide to put him at. He could be a safety. He could be a cornerback. But if they decide him to put him at cornerback, he could be a lockdown cornerback. That's how good this guy is, and he's a game changer. And without this guy, Arkansas, I know they're only three and seven, but their defense wouldn't be anywhere close to what it is. Arkansas has a really good defense, and most of it is because of Jalen 
Catalan. So, yes, you are correct on that one. He gets the uh, Defensive Player of the Year in a year where, you know, it's not really a household name. Not not very many names pop in your head as far as defensive. But, like you said, if you've seen an Arkansas game, you know what this guy can do for sure. All right. So wanted, what we got next? We got – okay, we're going to move on to Team of the Year and Coach of the Year. And it's, it's all tied together. And you know what? I know all the games haven't been played, but I'm, I'm going to throw in the game of the year as well. I'm shooting from the hip on that one, man. So uh, all of this is tied together, these two teams. So for the team of the year award, I have two nominations. The first one, Liberty. They went 10-1. and one. They won at Syracuse, at Virginia Tech, lost – by a blocked field goal to a good NC State team. They lost 15 to 14. NC State finished the season 8-3, ranked 23rd. Not a bad loss. And they beat Coastal Carolina in the Cure Bowl in a thrilling game, 37-34. So that's my first nomination. My second one, Coastal Carolina, 11-1. They went to Louisiana, beat them, gave them their only loss. They went to Appalachian State. That's always a good win, even though Appalachian State was uh, a little bit down. Had a great home win against number 13 at the time, BYU. Uh, that was their only loss, and BYU blasted UCF. But then they go to the Cure Bowl, and they lose to Liberty 37-34. to This is a close one. Who are you taking? Or do you have an outside nomination? Say 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 that again. I said, would you take Liberty or Coastal, or you could throw in your an outside nomination. Um, for the team of the year, team of the year, um, team of the year. There's no there's no team that really pops up to me and says, "Hey, this team was the team of the year." But if I had if I had to pick one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Liberty, man. Liberty. Nobody expected Liberty to be there. They were so consistent throughout the year. Coastal Carolina. They they could they could have my vote also, but I'm gonna go with Liberty. Nice, nice. Uh, I like it. I went with Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. That's the right answer, dude. Liberty is the team of the year. Uh, Liberty came from the FCS ranks and they haven't been good at all. And they came out of nowhere. Coastal Carolina did the same thing and they barely lost to NC state by one point, And that's a good team. They went on the road and beat two other ACC teams by a lot. And then they gave coastal Carolina their only loss of the season. That was the deciding factor. Look, coastal Carolina, they had some great wins. And la they come from last place last year. They were last place in the Sunbelt East. So they did make a good jump, but I just – I liked Liberty just a little bit more. And I think the head-to-head, -head, I had to give it to Liberty. Um, I thought about Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's been building for a while. They didn't come out of nowhere. So I, I tried to go with teams that came out of nowhere. So that's yeah. why I gave it to Liberty. And I'm going to bleed that into my next one. The coach of the year, okay? We have Hugh Freeze for Liberty, 
We have Jamie Chadwell for Coastal Carolina, and I'm going to throw in Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati. Out of those three, who do you like? Oh, man, I'm going with Luke Fickle. I said it earlier, man. Two back-to-back 11-win seasons, beating Power 5 conferences on the verge of being in the playoffs. Man, and 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 they did what they had to do. Majority of the games that they played, they beat teams convincingly. Majority of them, as a matter of fact, were actually blowouts uh, that they played. So, and um, so I got to give it to Luke Fickle, and I think he deserves it. A lot of people, some people do know who Luke Fickle is, but I think he deserves this award, and it's time to put some respect on Luke Fickle's name. I like where you're coming from. I liked him as the coach of the year last year. I think he's been building something. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He is a great coach. He's just not my pick for the coach of the year this year. I have to. I have to give it to Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Here's why. Like I said before, Coastal Carolina, last year they finished dead, stinking last in the Sunbelt East. Didn't make a bowl, didn't have a winning season. They turn around this year. Grayson McCall is a freshman. They're going to have a few more uh, years with that quarterback. So the defense looked better. They beat BYU. They came up just short against Liberty. I think he's doing a tremendous job. He put Coastal Carolina on the map. Coastal, nobody even knew where Coastal Carolina was before this year. At least people knew where Cincinnati was. And, you know, it's Cincinnati's been a building in progress. And Luke Fickle is doing a great, great job in Cincinnati. And he's going to have a great, great job at the next level. It's coming. People are going to be knocking on his door. But as far as coach of the year this year, I have to give it to Jamie Chadwell. Massive turnaround. Uh, put Coastal Carolina on the map. We all know what a Chanticleer is now. We know who the mullets are. A great atmosphere. YouTube videos of you know, the, the the locker room shenanigans after a win. It's awesome stuff. Uh, it's infectious. So I have to give it to Jamie Chadwell. And that leads me to my last award, the game of the year. And I only have one nomination. What is it? Oh, I'll give you one guess. I'm going with my opinion and my guess. Hopefully it's your guess. I am going with. The first game between Clemson and Notre Dame. That was... (laughs) That is my game of the year, man. Um, Another another nomination that I definitely would have... um, I think it it was BYU and Coastal Carolina. That was a good Um, one, yes. Um, uh, I, the game ended up 2017. Uh, I like the Clemson game in Notre Dame because um, it was a uh, it, it it was unexpected for me because no Trevor Lawrence, and people was like, damn, can, can, but can they still beat Clemson? And the Clemson yeah. quarterback he showed out, man. He was like, hey, man, I got this, man. And the game yeah. up ended up being 47 to 40. Notre Dame ends up winning, but then little did you know. Second matchup, they got they got spanked so bad, man. Uh, um, 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 
uh, Notre Dame couldn't even move the damn ball. But uh, I, I got that as my game of the year. If those two ain't the game of the year, who the hell is the game of the year? Well, actually, one of those is the game of the year, but it's not Clemson-Notre Dame. And it's because not only was Clemson missing Trevor Lawrence, more importantly, they were missing several key defenders on their defense. If you look at the difference between game one between Clemson and Notre Dame and game two against Clemson and Notre Dame, it wasn't the offense because Ungalele did great. He threw for over 400 yards for that offense. It was the defense. They were missing too many key players at that linebacker position. They were fully healthy in the second go around and they just shut down Notre Dame. We saw the real Clemson defense the second go around. So the game of the year, you know, I was actually contemplating putting uh, Coastal Carolina in Liberty. I actually had that locked down, but I started thinking about the Coastal Carolina BYU game. I have to, I have to go with that as the game of the year for several reasons. Number one, it knocked BYU out of contention for the playoffs. I think if I think if BYU would have won that game, they would have had a higher chance to make the playoffs than Cincinnati. Would they have made it? Probably not, but they would have had a better chance at Cincinnati. For whatever reason, the playoff committee respected BYU more than Cincinnati. They bumped them up way faster than Cincinnati. In fact, Cincinnati fell. And BYU took that game at a very relatively short amount of time. And who was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be Coastal Carolina and Liberty, which eventually happened. So I'm going to give it to Coastal Carolina versus BYU, and it reminded me of that Super Bowl when the Titans were a yard and a half from that touchdown from winning the Super Bowl. They stretched out, but he didn't have the go-go gadget arms, so he couldn't do it, and they were stopped right before the touchdown. I mean, immediate flashbacks whenever that last stop happened, and it came down to a defensive stop. It proved that Coastal Carolina can stop you when they need you as well. I love that game. That was awesome. It had all the theatrics. BYU was wanting a replacement game because one of their guys had, one of their teams had to back out. Coastal Carolina popped up. It was a great opportunity and it was a great game. I loved it. That's what college football is all about. That right there. Well, <clears throat> there you have it, man. The college football awards for 2020. Uh, I'd like to thank GBD. Uh, for um, gracing his presence. But with that being said, we're going to bring on Mr. Sports Junkie now. Oh! What is good? I heard the blasphemy, baby, and I'm here. <laughs> MBS, baby, the award show. You know I had to make my appearance. First, before I even let Keo introduce me anything, I want to give a shout out to the 337 man, Acadiana High, just one state beating um, um, Alexandria, 35-34 winning state championship this year with Karen Crow winning their state championship. Congratulations to Karen Crow. Congratulations to STM and congratulations to LCA 
four state championships in the state of Louisiana, but not, well, I say in the state of Louisiana, in the city of Lafayette. So shout out to the 337, man. Definitely. What up, Keo? What's going on, man? NBS uh, Awards. <laughs> first, the first ever award show for on NBS Central, man. Um, so uh, we just gave out some some college uh, some college football awards with GBD. Shout out to him for uh, for uh, coming on, gracing his presence. Um, and um, now we're moving on up to uh, give out some more awards, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> um, real quick, I just I do want to say this, man. Y'all disrespected Billy Napier. Shout out to UL, baby. Put some respect on the Cajuns, baby. Let's go, Levi Lewis. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So let's move. So, you know, we've been, we've been building up this show through social media with the posts that we've been putting out. We, we we are gonna get to our battle rap shortly because we both have a lot to discuss when it comes to that. But first, we're gonna start off with our um, we're gonna start off with our um, with our uh, female athlete of the year, man. Okay, give us the nominations, and I'm gonna tell you who I think should win. I know the MBS brand had to vote on it, so I'm gonna tell All you right. who I think should win. All right, the uh, the nominations are we got three nominations. We got Osaka from uh, Osaka, the, the tennis player, huge uh, huge year this year. We have Brianna Stewart, WNBA player, coming off an entry, winning a title, putting up the numbers that <clears throat> putting up the numbers that uh, she was able uh, to put, and um, and uh, we got. Um, now that she turned pro, um, now that she turned pro, the uh, former Oregon basketball female basketball player, um, she's actually the all-time leading scorer for um, um, in Oregon history right now. Um, so those three right now are the the nominations for the best female athlete of the year. Okay, so listen, this is tough for me, but. When the chips are down and the smoke clears, I'm going with Naomi Osaka. Just incredible year, incredible. She's an incredible tennis player, a 23-year-old phenom. I'm going with Osaka. I'm very interested to see what the MBS brand thought, but that's who I would vote for. I just think um, what she's been able to do in such a short period of time has been nothing short of phenomenal. So I'm going with Naomi um, Osaka. And the vote is in. And by unanimous, it is unanimous, hands down. Based on these votes, man, Naomi Osaka is the first ever MBS Central Female Athlete of the Year for 2020. Congratulations, man. We'll be, po we'll be making a post um, to, uh, later tonight at hope uh tonight or tomorrow and posting about of her being the 
with all these awards being the uh, winning all these awards individually. So uh, congratulations, Naomi Osaka. Okay, okay, I like it, I like it. The MBS brand is off to, you know, me and the MBS brand, we're off to one, one old start. We really <laughs> agree with each other. Okay, okay, everybody at MBS, y'all got one right. Let's see if we get the rest right. Cause I don't know what you and Tony right. was talking about on the award show early on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's go to team of the year, man. Team of the year. We got the Kansas City Chiefs who uh, won the Super Bowl. They may be on the verge of winning the Super Bowl once again. We got the L.A. Dodgers finally uh, getting their first uh, World Series crown. We got the Los Angeles Lakers back to title prominence. Um, and then uh, last but not least, Last but not least, we're going to put in the LSU Tigers. Okay, so 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 <laughs> so let me say this. Let me say this. <laughs> that that's really not fair, I think in a sense because obviously LSU would be my pick, but I think LSU season for the most part was a 2019 thing. Um uh, 2020 they did win early on in 2020. So I wouldn't consider them the best team of 2020. I would actually consider them the best team of 2019. So obviously I would vote for them. I, I attend LSU, everybody knows that. I'm a big LSU diehard fan. But if I exclude myself from that and be honest about 2020 and what I've seen, I'm going with the LA Dodgers. I'm, so, I'm, I'm interested to see what the MBS brand is gonna say, but I'm going with the Dodgers because they had all the pressure, all the expectations. We know about the drought. And for them to finally break through, I got to show some respect to that. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers because of the expectations and them living up to expectations. The Lakers, most people thought the Lakers were going to win. They were the favorites for the most part. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and I mean, I, I guess that, that the same thing could be said about the Dodgers. They had a lot of expectations. The Lakers had a lot of expectations. But the Lakers, to me, were like the overwhelming favorite. The Dodgers wasn't. So I'm going Dodgers. As far as the Chiefs, a lot of people believed in Baltimore. Um, so I'm going to say out of those three, if you exclude LSU, now if you're including LSU, it's obvious LSU for their record-breaking performances. But if you just took, take those three, I'm going with the Dodgers. Who did the MBS brand have? The MBS brand has the Kansas City Chiefs as the 2020 team of the year. Hey, I can't, I can't be mad because in 2020, they did with a Super Bowl and right now they are the current number one seed. Can respect that. I can respect that. Okay. I think I I I gave actually gave the Chiefs my vote. Also, I think they um I think the the the, the comebacks that they had, not just the Super Bowl, but in their playoff games also. I think it was huge. Also, and um, I I gave it off of that um. And uh, they and they uh, they struggled during the season, and they were able to bounce back. So that's why I gave them my vote also. But everybody else, they had Kansas City as the the team of the year. Okay, okay, can respect that. All right, let's go to our next one, man. Let's go to the next one. Uh, we recently just posted this a couple hours ago. Uh, this vote is unanimous, man. 
This vote is unanimous, and I'm talking about the male athlete of the year. Three nominations. We have representing the NBA. We got LeBron James, NBA champion, representing the NFL. Uh, who want, who's the Super Bowl champion. We got quarterback Patrick Mahomes and representing soccer. He's a cha- he his team wants the Champions League also. He put up some great numbers, set a major record. Um beat out Cristiano Ronaldo as the best player in soccer. I'm talking about Robert Lewandowski. And those are your nominations for best male athlete of the year. Well, I'm going to throw a couple of names in there just to, you know, shout out to Lewandowski's for sure. Shout out to LeBron. Shout out to Khabib. Shout out to Tyson Fury. Shout out to Canelo Alvarez. Shout out to Bud Crawford, um, Spence, um, Giannis, James Harden. I'm trying to think if I'm leaving anybody else out there. Um, but this is easy for me as well. Are you kidding me? Patrick Mahone, boy. The biggest contract in NFL history, and he's living up to it every single day. He is my athlete of the year, born none. They won the Super Bowl in 2020, and right now I believe that they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl again. They are currently the number one seed in the NFL, not in the AFC, <laughs> in the NFL, the best record. And if we were doing power rankings, they would be my number one team in my power rankings. I am talking about Patrick Mahomes, boy. Woo! <laughs> so everybody knows that I'm one of the most um, critical, the most critical when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And um, this was unanimous by the MBS panel, man. Um, there wasn't one vote for Lewandowski. <laughs> there was not even... There actually, actually, there was two votes for uh, LeBron James, and I, we know who those two individuals <laughs> Look, are. Can I guess? Can I guess them. real quick? Yeah. You and Marley. Go ahead. <laughs> what is that? No, no, like? I, no, no, no. I didn't. I, 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 I changed my vote. I originally voted for Le- LeBron, <laughs> but I, I moved it to Patrick Mahomes. Well, I know Marlon, but I know Marlon voted for LeBron. <laughs> All right. So this is unanimous, man. This was the most easiest award that was done when we did the voting. And it goes to Patrick Mahomes as the male athlete of the year. Uh, congratulations, Patrick Mahomes, 2020 male athlete of the year, man. All right. So uh, with that being said, we are done with our sports. Um, we are done with our uh, sports segment. Um, before we go to battle rap, just uh, a couple quick things that, that I wanted to give out since we, we are when it comes to when it comes to when it comes to music, we do cover music. The song of the year was Roddy Rich, The Box. Um, Album of album of the year was uh little baby's uh my turn. Um so uh just a quick um 
notables when it comes to music. Hey, really quick, man. I know that in 2020, it was a huge year for us when it comes to sneakers, man. What was your sneaker of the year, man? What, Ooh, what's up? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, that was a good one. That's a good one. Oh. Sneaker of the week is coming back, by the way, just to let you know that. Man, man, you know what I'm going to do? Because in honor of the late, great Kobe Bryant, his sneaker just dropped. I'm going with the Kobe 6, the Grinch sneakers. They just released not too long ago, a couple of days ago. I'm going with the Kobe's, baby. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, man. There was a lot of fire sneakers that came out this year. Um, Could have went a, a lot of different ways, but I'm going with the Kobe 6s, the Grinch. Um, yeah, the Grinches. What you think? Okay, all right. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I, I'm I, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I haven't seen it, but it's, it's a, a it, shoe it's that a re-release. I, it's a re-release. Kobe worn before, but I, that's what I would go with. But if there was a shoe that I that I would say would be the sneaker of the year, um. In my opinion, I'm gonna go with the Lucas, man. Oh the wow! Lucas, uh, it was between it was between the Lucas and the Travis Scotts, and I'm going okay. with the Lucas because uh, a lot of people tried to get it and they sold out in a heartbeat, and that's all people talk about the Lucas. Uh, so I, I would give that my sneaker of the year. Shout out to Luca Doncic, man. all right so uh so let's move on over to uh as we finish our sports and music and sneakers can i get all of can i ask you a quick question can i ask you a quick question game of the year what would you what you thought it was in sports this past season in any any game that you want to pick i know i'm putting you on the spot now game of the year what did you think was game of the year this year, let's the, see where you go. The game with. of the year in, in 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 any sport, any sport, whatever you want to call it, just with the game when you watched it, you was like, oh yeah, I got to witness something that was just fire. Oh man, um, <laughs> if I if there was one game that if there was one game that I said that would be the game of the year from what I've seen so far in um in all of sports. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Buffalo and Arizona man. That's a good one. Ooh I didn't even I didn't even, that one didn't even cross my mind. That one was a good one man. So and wait like- if that's not game of the year what then what is game of the year to you? And, and, and I also want to say shout out to GBD because I do agree with them on the college football game. I definitely agree with the um, Coastal Carolina BYU game. That was fire. But if if you force me to pick a game of the year, just off the like we didn't rehearse this. Anybody out there tuned in? This is just off the top of my head for this one. I think I'm gonna go with the Clippers Mavericks game, the Luka Doncic shot. That was big time to me. That was, it was like Luca saying, you knew Luca was a baller. You knew Luca was 
you know, doing his thing. But a lot of people counted, including myself, thought that that would be a sweep in the first round. And Luka Doncic put everybody yeah. on notice. And that's why he's the leading candidate right now in Vegas for MVP. And he put everybody on notice and said, watch this. And he had a big shot. It was heard around the world. So I'm going Luka versus the Clippers. What a Mavs versus the Clippers. I think it was game three or four. I don't want to lie to y'all. I can't think off the top of my head. But it was definitely that that moment. I was like, oh, yeah, this, this is what sports is all about. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was a good one. I I totally I totally forgot about that one. Um, that that should be uh, definitely game of the year. All right, so uh, let's move on over to battle rap, man. We got uh, it was pandemonium earlier today in battle rap on social media. Once we posted it, they went ham on it. All right, but before we get to that, we're gonna start off with some some. Battle rap awards that we weren't able to post, but we will post the winners uh, later tonight. So we're going to kick things off with Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year nominations are, we got Jay the Nightwing. We got Fonz. We got Homesy the God. Who man. This is tough. <laughs> I'm a fan of all three. Fonz, what up? Jay the Nightwing, what up? But I got to go with the homie, man. He came on our show. He blessed the MBS show. Let's talk about it. I'm going with Holmesy the God. I'm interested to see what the rest of the MBS panel said. But I got to go with the guy that showed us some love. And plus, he had a remarkable run in the Ultimate Madness Tournament. Not to say Fonz didn't, but I'm going with Holmes And Fonz, he just put on against Av. I thought that was a fire battle. So shout out to Fonz. But I'm going with Holmesy the God. Um, <laughs> Fonz, he did win the tournament, but I just felt like he didn't have any memorable performances in his tournament. Like, I, I just felt like he is kind of escaped. And if it wasn't for Jay the Knight, we slipping up, um, Fonz would have lost it. So I didn't think he he had it like that. He recently just had a debatable against Av as far as Jay the Nightwing. Jay the Nightwing, he started the <laughs> Okay. All right. And now uh now uh, now as far as Jay the Nightwing, he finished he started off strong but in his final three or two battles against um his final three two battles. Um, he he didn't he didn't finish the way I expected him to. I don't think it was Lu, with Lou Castro. I, I forgot who was the the opponent after that, but he Kruger. he he could have lost that battle, man. Yeah. So um, now as far as now as far as Holmesy the God, he came on the show and he guaranteed on the show. He said, "Hey, this is what's gonna happen, and you're gonna see it." And every single round, the person that's hosting the show with me picked him to lose in every round that we kept him on forward. Come on. Like, oh, you're going to lose this, this guy. Oh, gonna lose but this I told it to him. I but, told but, it to but, Holmesy. And he proved me wrong. <laughs> Bro, he went against Saga in the first round. But, Emerson Kennedy. Danny Myers. Are you kidding me? What I was supposed to do. 
those names that you just named and 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 including bill collector those high profile names won him uh the rookie of the year so um, with that being said Holmesy the God is the rookie of the year in Battle Rap 2020. And, and, and real All quick, right. I just want to say, I just want to say this about Holmesy, man. Holmesy, I know that you know MBS is considering you a rookie. We know better than that, man. We know that you've been putting in work. So shout out to you, man. Salute to you, brother. But um, it's it, I know it got to be great that your work is finally getting appreciated like it should be. So shout out to Holmesy the God. All right, let's go to our next one. We're going to go to the best round of the year in 2020. So we got... (laughs) So the nominations are... We got Murder Mook's third round versus Tay Rock. Oh, man. We got Daylight. We got... We got Daylight. We got Daylight... you well, you could pick. You could pick any round of daylight. The second, um, and then the, the second. Okay, and then okay, and then last but not least, we got B dots last round versus T top. Oh, and two more. We got Bill Collector. Um, I think it was his third round against Mike P. And then the very last, because we got, we had to pick five. I know the, the other ones we had three, but this had to be five. And last but not, not least, we had Ryder's second round versus Mike P. Bro, this so is all. This one, so this one, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give. So we're gonna switch it up. So since you've been giving your opinions as of late on these awards. I'm gonna give my opinion. You're gonna give yours, and you're gonna announce the winner. Okay. Okay. All right. On this so, one. all right. So, man, <laughs> man, Murder Mook's last round, it was ridiculous. Nobody expected Mook to win this one. Um, a lot of people had Mook losing, and he he showed up. He came out, man. A daylight all three rounds was fired to me. He just took off in this battle, man. Um, Riders against Mike P. It was it got very it got really personal, and it was a huge highlight moment of that night. Um, and then um, who else that we got on there? We oh, uh, we got B dots last round against T Top. Um, he he broke him down in that last round, man. I think he decided that that uh, he de- he decided um, he decided everything in that battle in that last round. It kind of kind of decided how um, how people wanted to um, how that battle was gonna go in that very last round. But if it was up to me, I'm taking daylight's round over uh the, the the other four nominations man this one's hard when i tell you man and look and we leave it out a lot of great rounds man um so everybody out there man that we you know we're forgetting about a lot of great rounds don't think that that's what we want to do we know that they had a lot a lot of great rounds mike p versus danny was definitely fire on um, his second 
Um, Saga's third versus B Dow was ridiculous. So there's a lot of great rounds out there that we could have actually, you know, put up here as far as nominations. But of course, we can only do five and we have to let the NBS brand vote on it. Me, you have to take into account what, what I thought was going to happen. I thought Tay Rock was going to beat Mook. I didn't think he was going to beat Daylight. So for me, I would say Mook's third would be um, round of the year. Not because I'm saying it's better than Daylight second, because I think Daylight left Earth on the second. And um, but my expectations, I think, um, it's not that obvious. I'd have Mook on Mount Rushmore, so everybody knows how I feel about Mook. But it's been a while. We haven't seen Mook in a while. And I said to myself, could he come back and beat somebody like Tay Rock, who's been on his stuff? Um, and nah, he couldn't. I mean, they've been yeah, he could, and Tay Rock couldn't hold up to what Mook what Mook bought that night. So I would say Mook third. Would be my round of the um the year, but the MBS brand, shout out to the MBS brand, get your merch, get your merch from us. The MBS brand, man. The 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 brand voted daylight second kill. You was correct. They went with daylight, and I can't even be mad at it because light was all three rounds, like you said, Kyo, were fire, fire. So I have no issue with it, but me personally, I did vote for Mook third. So shout out to Mook, shout out to Daylight, shout out to B Dot, shout out to Saga, shout out to Mike P, shout out to um, Bill Collector. Oh my God, Bill Collector left Earth that day. To um, shout out to Ryder. Um, yeah, man, it's it's been a crazy year with these battles. So shout out to T Top. Yeah. All right. Let's go to. The battle of the year, man. Woo! <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of, we kind of spoiled it when we did an interview with B Dot. So shout out to the homie B Dot. Um, so the nominees are: we got B Dot versus Saga. We got, um, we got Daylight versus Tay Rock, and the final nomination is we got Vixen the Assassin versus DNA. Okay, go ahead and give you give your thoughts. Give your thoughts. I want to know what you Man. think about that. Because <laughs> you, so, you know, you and B Dot was going back and forth because you said Tay Rock Daylight on the show with B Dot, <laughs> and B Dot was like, I wouldn't go that way. But what's your what's your thoughts now after having a conversation with B Dot? I you know I I understand what 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 he was saying like um when he when he said when he said beat when he went you know I thought he was being biased was like he was like oh yeah because it's me because I'm battling but you know he, it, the battle it was just so balanced between the two you didn't know who to pick on each round with daylight and Tay rock the battle was so fire but we kind of already knew who was winning those rounds already <clears throat> with the with the vixen assassin and dna i think i, I think a lot of people a lot of the females were rooting for um vixen to win that battle but if you really watch that battle and don't be sexist or biased at all that was a very close battle I, I, I kind of look at it as the same status when it comes to when it comes to DNA versus 
when yeah when the yeah the same stance when it comes to B dot versus um versus um versus the saga um but you know if i if it it was up to if it was up to me i'm i'm still rolling with tay a uh, daylight versus tay rock okay i said on the show with b dot and it wasn't because he was on i actually told us to keo prior to b dot coming on let's talk about it i got b dot versus saga um that battle was fire it was back and forth. Me and Q always speak about what's the, my favorite battle, what's his favorite battle ever. My favorite battle ever, for anybody out there, is Lux versus Hollow. Because every time you watch it, it makes you think to yourself, who won the battle? It goes back and forth. Whether you're a Hollow fan, whether you're a Lux fan, um, you know, of course, if you're a Hollow fan, you're going to say Hollow won. Of course, if you're a Lux fan, you're going to say Lux won. But you cannot dispute the fact that both of them came with three full rounds. That was absolutely fire. And I feel like we're about Saga and B-Dot. That was a good battle. Um, it makes you question sometimes. So that was my vote. And without any further ado, the MBS brand. This is the first upset I see, Kyo. I just got the numbers. They went with B-Dot versus Saga. I guess he thought for sure. I thought for sure they were gonna go daylight Tay Rock, but I guess B Dot coming on here and, and, and talking about that battle, people went back and watched it, and they in a very very close margin they went with B Dot over B Dot and Saga over daylight and Tay Rock. What's your thoughts? Um, like I said, man, is I like I told B that the battle deserves, you know, the, the deserves a nomination for battle of the year. Obviously, with us in the URL, they got they got B dot in two of the battles of the year in their nominations. We have it in one, but uh, obviously, um, they they deserve it. So, um, shout out to the saga and B dot for putting out a classic battle. All right. Let's go to our next award. This one is probably the easiest one. <laughs> um, so we got the female battler of the year. And the nominations are, we got Vixen the Assassin, 40 Bars, Official. Now, uh, before True goes... Uh, gives his opinion and announced the winner. Um, official, official. I think her her as a nomination is very underrated. A lot of people, all they want to talk about is Vixen and the Assassin, and they have a right to what she was able to do against DNA. I think she got. I think she got Battle of the Night on that event. And then uh, she uh, she went toe to toe with First Lady Flames. Um, uh, forty bars, uh, she, yeah, forty bars. She had um, she went against um, she went against she went against Serve. Um, she went against uh, Official. I think I think Official with hers is a lot of question because she took an uh, I think she, 
I think she beat I, I edged her when she went against Misfit. Um she lost to Arsenal and she even admitted that. And then she um if it wasn't for 40 bars choking, I know I think if 40's choked, she wouldn't uh, official would have still won the battle, but I did I don't think official brought her A game in that battle. But with that being said, I'm giving I'm giving it to um I'm giving it to Vixen in this award. I think this was an easy for me. Um, we posted on social media. Um, a lot of people had Vixen winning it. I don't think nobody else put in no female battle rapper to win that award. So I'm gonna leave it up to you now. What we got? Okay. Well, I want to say first shout out to another Bardashian, KCJ. Who got robbed by the MBS brand? She oh, should have been oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'll get, I'll get to the, I'll get to the, I'll get to, I'll get to the snubs in a minute. Go, go ahead, go. <laughs> but, 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 neither here nor there. Um, Vixen is clearly the, the the winner of 2020. Um, her profile. Has definitely elevated. Shout out to B Dot. Elevated, definitely. You cannot deny that. Um, a classic with DNA, who's one of the upper echelon battle rappers, and then First Lady Flames, who she could have, you know, slept on. She still had a great battle with her, and a lot of people thought that that was a really great battle. As far as it's not battle of the year um, material, but it's definitely one of the better battles, and it was the best battle on that card in my opinion. But with that being said, Vixen the Assassin is clearly my female battle rapper of the year. And according to the MBS, I got the numbers right here. Vixen the Assassin is the winner of the female battle rapper of the year. Let's go Vixen, good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, this one was easy. Um, we could have just gave her the award, but we felt like it was the fair and right thing to do to you know put her up against the nominations even though we knew who was gonna win it um as far as the snubs go that's what i wanted to get that uh so so you know kcj a lot of people people did felt like she got snubbed people felt like yoshi got snubbed um people felt like um um um, I I think it I think if there's anybody that got snubbed, and I just felt like those three the three that I had I I couldn't put those girls over any of those three. And um, at, at Coffee Brown, I think she deserved it to be in the nomination also, but we only could pick three, and uh, those are the three I'm rolling with over uh. The three that I just mentioned. What what I will say as far as that's concerned, it wouldn't have mattered who was in the nomination, people. I'm looking at the numbers and Vixen got every single vote from the MBS brand. That just goes to show you how dominant she was in a lot of people's minds. Um, that's crazy. But shout out to Vixen, man. Shout out to all the ladies. All right, let's go to our final one. And this one was chaos, man. When I posted this, when I posted this on social media, I was like, man, are you kidding me right now? 
So we're, we're gonna get <laughs> so we're gonna get through the snubs and everything and and all that uh, because this this was this was interesting and and uh, I kind of enjoyed seeing seeing the social media giving their reactions on this one. So the the male battle rapper of the year, the best of the best, man. So there was only three that could make it. And um, the three are the first one. We got K-Shine. The second one, we got B-Dot. And the third one, we have Geechee Gotti. So those are the three nominations. And uh, I'm going to give my take on this. So the three nominations. So everybody, so X knows when it comes to K-Shine, I'm not a big fan of K-Shine, but when it comes to K-Shine this year in 2020, it's K-Shine's year, man. Um, K-Shine compared to the rest of the, 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 the nominations, he has like clear wins. Major- and majority of his wins are three O's, man. And 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 they're actually high profile names also and he's beating them co- convincingly i i've had them for round of the night for performance of the night in in majority of the battles throughout this year man k shine has definitely stepped his game up and i got him as of right now as um as the battle rapper of the year man like there's no trust me man I see what social media had said. A lot of people felt B dot. There was some out there that had Geechee, but th- there was no way that I could have said and make an argument that said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna take B dot over K Shine." And look at me, man. I'm not even biased, you know. B B dot, the homie, he came on the show. He did the interview with us. I'm not even picking B dot, even though B dot has a great resume. I-, I just have to go with K Shine. I'm sorry. And I'm not even the biggest K-Shine fan. I, I just felt like K-Shine, and somebody said it on, on the, um, in one of the Facebook groups that they commented on, they said K-Shine has had the biggest impact this year alone. So I, I, my vote is going to K-Shine as the male battle rapper of the year. All right, and the good words of my good man, my good friend, Lee Carso, not so fast, my friend. Come on, Kyo. Yeah, we have a special <laughs> guest on the show. Are you kidding me? Okay, so first of all, let me say, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. I am a fan of K Shine, and I have no issue if K Shine or Geechee or other people win champion of the year. But, but there's a big but right there. I'm going with B Dot. I'm going with B Dot. It's no disrespect to K Shine because K Shine has had clear wins. But when I look at the resume of somebody like B Dot, who has Battle of the Year on the MBS brand, Battle of the Year of 2020, he was in Battle of the Year on in the URL. He's nominated for another Battle of the Year with T Top, another friend of the show who was on this show. And T-Top is an upper echelon name as well. Ultimate Madness winner. 
Holmesy the God. B dot beat him. B dot beat Rum Nitty. And a lot of people think Rum Nitty, especially the newer class, feel Rum Nitty's one of the GOATs. And he 30'd Rum. And then he had a battle against Chiller. Now, did he lose in my opinion? I told this to B dot. I gave it to Chiller. But if he doesn't stumble, that is definitely a debatable battle. And many people would have felt like B-Dot won that battle. There are people that think B-Dot won that battle despite the stumble. So for me, I have to say B-Dot, when you think about moments in battle rap this year, not saying K-Shine hasn't had a moment, not saying Geechee hasn't had a moment. And I know we're going to talk about snubs in a second, not saying Ill Will didn't have moments. But B-Dot on main cards versus people that we look at like T-Top and Rum and Chilla and Saga, and then Ultimate Madness winner, Holmesy, B-Dot has never let us down outside of the Chilla battle, but even then, people still think he won. I'm going with B-Dot for MBS, champion of the year, or, or, or battle of the year, I should say, and I think he should win champion of the year, but with the numbers, I'm going to say it, very close, but here you're right, K-Shine is the MBS Battler of the Year. How you feel about that? Congratulations, K-Shine. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think he, he deserves it, man. Um, I, I think he deserves it, and shout out to K-Shine. Okay, shout out to K-Shine, definitely. So who got stuff? Right, uh, I want to know. I want to know. We so, Wait for it. <laughs> so the snubs, man. Um, social media has expressed it, and I and I agree with them. The, I think the two guys that did get snubbed were uh, were uh, Chilla Jones, um, Chilla Jones, um, Ill Will. I think those are the Thanks. two that 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 you could say that definitely got snubbed. But once again, man. I there was just no way I could have put those two over the three that was nominated. I I I just wasn't able to do that. Um, and I looked at Chilla's resume, man. He he had he had a good resume for 2020. I think he battled Rum. I think he battled uh I think he battled Geechee also. Um, um that that day, and um. Uh, he battled Jerry West. Um, I had him losing to Jerry West. Um, no, he ain't lose to Jerry and, West. Um, he beat Jerry just, West. You bugging. You mad while right well, now. <laughs> <laughs> you mad well, while right now. Well, those, th those three... Those three, those three battles, I felt like it wasn't clear wins to him, and I just think he didn't have any moments rounds of the night or his third or round versus that. And, was and, and the, uh, yeah against b dot was fire but as far as and and those battles that took place was like on quarantine sterilized um uh, when the first quarantine battles dropped so I, I i just wasn't able to give it to him as a nomination i just felt like it was just too late i think people starting to started to notice at him as a nomination when when he when he beat B dot well debatable uh battle against B dot 
And then as far as ill will, I just I, I just thought ill will. He did have those two battles um, in, in one night, and um, um, he beat uh, who Don Marino and Miss Miami. I just felt like that wasn't just impressive enough to me to put him over those three, and um, and uh, the the three that I had, their their resumes was great, and um, even though they did have some debatable bouts, they did have clear wins and with higher profile names. And that's why I would I took those three nominations over guys like Chilla Jones and Ill Will, and I stand by what I said, and I don't regret uh, th these nominations of Geechee, Chil uh, I mean Geechee, K Shine, and B Dot. Okay, no, no doubt, but um, I think we should push. I'm, I'm gonna say I think we should push it to five um, next year because Ill Will definitely deserves to be yeah. on that on that nomination. And I do believe that um, Chilla definitely deserves to be a nominee. Um, as far as looking at the, 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 the totals, because you get votes outside of the top three, but Kayshawn was the, the winner. And he won it not by much over B-Dot, but he definitely won. So um, I'm going to say that those two guys definitely deserve recognition. They did get snubbed. It's hard to take somebody off if you're going to put them on. But um, ultimately, I think we should push it to five. Shout out to Ill Will. Shout out to Chilla Jones, man. Yeah. Yeah, five would be great um, for next year. Um, but based, based off everything that I saw, I've seen a lot for B-Dot, and I've seen a lot for K-Shine. I think those two stood out the most to me when uh, based off the reactions from social media also. And... Um, I, I, and it, it was basically clear for me. And um, I think those two, Kayshan and B-Dop, arguably had the, the two best years in Battle Rap. Okay. All right. So that's that ends our award show, man. And um, <laughs> tomorrow, so tomorrow is New Year's Eve. Um, um, I'm glad thankful that we're able to do our first ever MBS awards. I'm looking forward to doing it doing it uh next year also man. So uh I got, shout out I got, to you man. I got one I'm more award to give it. out man. What? I gotta do this even though I'm not with it. I gotta give out the MBS fantasy football award. To just Justin of the Nothing But Sports <laughs> Show. He is the 2020 fantasy football champion. Good job, Jay, just Justin, on getting that dub this season. He is now a part of the legendary list of people that have won the MBS um, Fantasy Football League. Just Justin, he was the number two seed going into the playoffs. He beat the number one seed, Drew. Shout out to Drew, the rookie of the year. But um, shout out to Justin, man. He is our last awards winner on award winner on tonight's 2020 MBS Awards. I see you, Judge Justin, man. Look, and everybody, you know, just um, keep my man in his thoughts and prayers because he was supposed to be on this show tonight, um, but I was unable to. So shout out to Judge Justin, man. Yeah, man. So uh, really quick, man. I'm just gonna speak on uh. 
2020, man, the year ends. Uh, it was a crazy year for all of us, man. We, you know, we uh, we trans we transitioned to we transitioned to uh, Zoom. Uh, we were originally on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I think our first show that we did was the NFL Draft Show. Yep. Um, we lost and we lost and gained NBS members. Uh, shout out to them. And uh, we were able, we've had, we, ha we have new shows with MBS Let's Talk About It. It's taking off with big special guests. Uh, we have Sneaker of the Week. We got the MBS show with Jay Franchise and uh, Justin. Uh, we have um, the, the Stardom Sidham show, the fantasy football show, uh, MBS Bragging Rights with, with the homie GBZ. Uh, we got more coming up, man. And this year is 2020. Uh, it's just been crazy with COVID, with um, the passing of Kobe Bryant, George Floyd. Uh, we had good things when it comes to when it comes to music. And uh, man, I, 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 you know, a lot of people is looking forward for 2020 to end, just based off of how bad it has been. Um, and then on top of that, we got a new president also. <laughs> so, um, so just a lot of a lot of crazy new things that has transpired, man. And I'm glad that you know with us as the MBS Central team th that's been able to cover and talk about all of that throughout this year, man. So I appreciate every MBS member, including you, man. True, always holding it down, always have my back throughout this whole entire year, man. So shout out to you. And I can't wait for our first show for 2021. Definitely, brother. Definitely. Shout out to Keo, man. Like I said, y'all, y'all don't understand how much work this guy does for the MBS brand. Never goes unnoticed. And if it does, I want you to know, man, from the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate you, man. For real, real talk. Um, Keo definitely mentioned the Kobe Bryant chat with Balsman. Um, him passing away, both of those passings was definitely um, tough. It was definitely tough. COVID, COVID-19, the pandemic was definitely tough. Um, we had schools shut down. We had the NCAA tournament shut down. We had the NBA season come to a stop. All just, just a complete stop. And a lot of us, you know, didn't know how this year was going to end, what, what to expect next. Um, we had the hurricanes down here in Louisiana and in the, in, in the Gulf, Gulf Coast states. Um, Key of them had the fires. This has truly been a rough year. But if you're tuned into this right now, I want you to understand something. You made it through. We made it through. We're here. 2021 is a, a, among us. And it's going to be a better year. It's going to be a great year. We just got to keep pushing forward. Man, this MBS brand is something. I can honestly say we've grown this year, Keo. I'm truly proud of where we are, and I am truly excited to see where we are going moving forward. And from the bottom of my heart, to anybody that's ever tuned in, shared our broadcast, commented, um, spoke to me in person about the show, about ideas, about coming on, Whatever you've done, if you play in a fantasy football league, whatever you've done, I want I want you to know, honestly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, man, I appreciate each and every one of y'all. 
2021 is going to be a beautiful year. Let's talk about it. The first show I do, do believe, though, is this Sunday, the Stardom Sit'em Show, baby. We're going to talk about a lot of fantasy basketball. <laughs> be prepared for that. Um, like Kiel said, Sneak of the Week is coming back, man. Can't wait to do that again. But we have NFL playoffs coming, so y'all wait for that as well. But with that being said, from Truex the Sports Junkie, the Nothing But Sports brand, I'm A-Man Keel. Happy New Year's to each and every one of you guys out there. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope and pray for a better 2021. With that being said, this has been the MBS Awards Show slash Let's Talk About It. We out. Peace.